Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, April 18th, 2019 edition of Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and I thank you for joining me on today's show. And I hope you will call in with your questions about anything money related, anything investment related, savings, retirement, financial freedom. All of those topics are on deck today. So I want to hear from you. Now, there's no requirement to call in. You can just listen and hear what uh, what I have to say. Uh, but ultimately, if we shape the show to your liking, you're going to do much, much better over the long term because it's going to address the questions that you have and the issues that you have. So we're here to help you reach financial freedom. And yeah, that means living, living the way you want to live. And that's what we're all here to do, right? We're not here to work. We're here to live. Uh, And so we want to help you do that. And you need to be financially sound in order to do that. So we're going to try to help you get there one little step at a time because that's really what it is. There's no get-rich-quick scheme. There's no no fast track to uh, riches. It's making smart choices day after day. And we do this with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success, just like we do at KP Financial. Now, in this hour, I'm going to do my best to move move you along that path, like I said, and we're going to do it together. And our anytime line is open now, so I'm taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. That's 888-992-4278. Now, on today's program. Today's Invest Talk, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Zoom IPO and what that means for the video collaboration space and maybe the tech space in general. So their technology works very well. They have a, a lot of competitors like a Microsoft and a Cisco. But what's interesting is that it is profitable, just like uh, in, in the opposite can be said about Lyft, right, which came out just recently, but does that mean that the valuation of Zoom today is reasonable? Because it's profitable doesn't mean it can't be overvalued, okay? So understand that as well. So we're going to get into that, but I have some other topics as well. Healthcare stocks. Healthcare, I'll have another bad day. We're diverging greatly in the healthcare space from uh, the overall market, and I'm going to talk about why that is. And if you've been listening to the show for a little while, you'll understand I've been talking about this for at least a year, probably more, uh, when it comes to the healthcare space. Also, there's some new retirement legislation that is coming down the pipe for that's, that will likely affect you, especially if you have a 401k. So we're going to touch on that. And then lastly... There's a, based on one factor or one historical precedent, multiple historical precedents, 
there's about a 75% chance that a recession is going to hit sometime next year. So we're going to talk about what that is if we have time. So that's what's on my mind. That's ultimately what hopefully I can get to throughout today's hour. But I want to hear from you. I want to know what's on your mind. Let's take a, take a look at the market today. The What index did the worst? The global mining index, healthcare was down, uh, the all-world index, that was down in general. But housing did well, REITs did well. After a few rough days for anything that was yield-related, because yield started to rise, right? So we're getting that kind of full capitulation into the growth trade, right? You're, there, there was a big sell out of uh, anti-cyclical names, uh, bond proxies like REITs, like utilities, and into tech stocks and industrials, etc., which is basically saying the Fed has saved us from that recession. That's what the market is trying to say, at least here in the near term. Um, so we're capitulating into that idea, which I think was really, really interesting. But overall, we had kind of a mixed day. Russell was down. The NASDAQ was up slightly. Transportations were up. S&P was up slightly after a pretty negative morning. And we kind of rallied slowly throughout the day and ended up slightly still near the, the highs from uh, what end of the third quarter last year. So... Haven't broken out, but certainly hanging around that resistance level. And I think it'll be very interesting once we get through earnings season. We have a lot of big earnings coming down the pipeline here in the next couple weeks. And where will earnings be for the fir first quarter? We know it's probably going to be negative year over year, but how negative will it be? So that's all. That's what's going on in the market today. Now, the U.S. economy is relatively strong. We're at a 50-year low for jobless claims. Initial jobless claims hit uh, dropped to 192,000 for the week ending April 13th. That's the lowest level since September 1969. So not a lot of people lost their jobs. Retail sales were up 1.6% in the past month. And that's the best retail number since 2017. Wages are rising. Auto sales are doing much better uh, than we've seen in the past. Now, we still have an inverted yield curve, and consumer spending continues to slow a bit, but not quite as much as it had been. Consumer confidence still near an all-time high, which drives the bus, right? Drives the economy. Now we have Zoom, the video collaboration company. They debuted today. It was uh, a valuation or a price of $36 a share for early investors that got it before it came out. That was about a $9 billion valuation. And it surged up to about $65 a share. Let's see where we close today on Zoom. Now this is a good example of how the market isn't really that efficient um, and how maybe... I don't want to say stupid because I don't like people calling people stupid, but people were buying Z-O-O-M. Z-O-O-M. Well, guess what? That's not Zoom that just went IPO. That's an old modem maker that hasn't imported, reported revenue for seven years, but the price has skyrocketed from zero all the way up to $2.70. It's pretty crazy that people are buying that, even though it's not. that's not Zoom. Zoom tech, that's Zoom Technologies, but it's not 
Zoom video communications, which is what went IPO. So I think that was very interesting to see that people just aren't doing their own, their research. They aren't looking into what name they're actually buying. They see Zoom and they assume it's the same. But people, sometimes it's not. You can have two different companies with the same name with completely different businesses. So make sure you do your research now. ZM, which is Zoom Video Conferencing Technologies, their communication, uh, closed around $62 a share. So still, 15-ish billion dollar valuation for a company that made, I think it was 17 million last year. I text my friend about it. What was it? It was crazy how cheap or how low of uh, earnings that it had compared to its valuation. Yeah, 7.6 million last year in net income and a $15 billion valuation. Yeesh. Pretty crazy. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and I've got a save the date reminder for you. Steve Peasy will return to San Jose on May 1st. That's, uh, what, a week and a half or so? Two weeks from yesterday, actually. So if you live anywhere in the Northern California region, I encourage you to make plans to sit down with Steve for this no-cost portfolio review consultation. I believe he only has two spaces left. So if you want to sign up, sit down with him, bend his ear, shall we say, for a no-cost portfolio review consultation, just go to investtalk.com, fill out the contact us form or portfolio review form, and try to get your slot. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. In today's market, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance because it can help you achieve financial freedom. Well, you've come to the right place. Invest Talk. And Justin Klein is here now taking your calls live. So step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. That's how you get through and ask your question on today's show. I, I try to encourage everyone to do it sooner rather than later. We have about 40 minutes left in the show, and it's going to go by quick. So get your call in now. Now let's talk a little bit more about Zoom. And this is a video conferencing company, right? It went IPO today. And this is a great example of what I would call an economic moat or in Morningstar speak, you call it an economic moat. And this is just a barrier to entry for their business. And what it is is the fact that Zoom just simply works. You know, the video conferencing space has been... There's a lot of entrance in it, right? There's a lot of competition that Zoom has, but they all tend to have their issues, right? And mainly around video. And what Zoom has done, it has built a business around having great video, right? All the other things don't take a lot of data and have a lot of uh, technical issues typically, right? Texting, you know, the text conversations and, um, uh, audio and the things that don't take a lot of bandwidth. They, most of their competitors do relatively well because it's relatively easy. What Zoom has done is built proprietary technology that 
kind of separates that channel, the, the video channel, into its own separate stream, keeps all those served on their own servers, and doesn't rely on third-party uh, systems within the cloud. So they've built a system that maintains, or an architecture, that, ha that maintains high-quality video across all types of devices. And this delivers a user experience that people love. You know, they 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 really recommend it. Now, I've I've used Zoom Zoom very uh, infrequently, I guess you could say, uh, but I know a lot of people that really like it. Uh, so this is an example of how if you can somehow build a proprietary technology that other people are struggling with, you can really build a sound business. Now, Zoom. Even though they only made about $7.58 million last year, they had revenue of $330 million, and that's up from $151.5 million the year before. So they're growing their business uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 85-90% year over year in terms of revenue. They lost money, I believe, the, the, the previous year. So they've suddenly turned to profitability. Now the big question is, how do you ramp that? How do you take that piece of software, that, that proprietary part of their business, and plug that into other revenue streams to create higher cash flow, a bigger cash cow, right? Because... A 15 profit of seven million is not going to support a 15 billion dollar valuation for very long. You need to get that in the hundreds of millions of dollars in profit. Otherwise, no one's going to pay. What is that? I don't know. Two thousand times earnings. So they've created a nice application, a nice ecosystem, and integrating with other tools will be the key for Zoom to succeed. But this is a great example that you have to look at too. When you're looking at IPOs, and I'm not saying you should go buy Zoom, I think it's still very overvalued. There's a lot of question marks with, with the business, whether they'll be able to ramp it as fast as maybe they, they hope or what the market is hoping. But these are the type of companies you want to look for. They have something that they've created that is proprietary, that is better than the rest. And if you can find that long-term, you'll do very well. This is Invest Talk, and we are already finished with the first third trading week of April. And for Invest Talk listeners, we are in this together. So I want to help you. I want to help you work towards your goal of financial freedom. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Are you doing everything possible to make sure that your investments are performing as well as they should be? Well, there's a treasure trove of wealth building information freely accessible right now at investtalk.com. You'll find investment strategies and unbiased guidance. The phone lines are open, Justin's here, and he's ready for your questions. Call 888 99Chart. Hello, Stephen Justin. This is Peter in Alabama. I had a question for you. Basically, part of what you talk about with an index fund or an ETF, it's essentially you know following a series of stocks of particular sectors or you know um, different averages. 
with that, people always talk about fees um, that are associated with it. Some have no load, some have you know, pretty much no fees, no trade fees, etc., depending on which brokerage you use. The question I had is, none of them really give you a P-E ratio, but you know, certain stocks, depending on what they are, for example, BRKB, so the Brookshire Hathaway B shares, that's essentially a ETF or a mutual fund in and of itself because it's a collection of so many different stocks, various diversifications, there's no fee, there's no nothing, and you get a PE ratio with that. So for cost for cost, if you were looking at an index fund or an ETF that roughly was the same, is there a benefit of doing something like a well-diversified you know, individual stock that's essentially more of a mutual fund than uh, ETF? Um, look forward to hearing uh, your thoughts. Um, thank you and have a nice day. All right, uh, great question. And you're right, Berkshire Hathaway is somewhat of its own type of fund now. It's not gonna be nearly as diversified as most indexes you see out there. Why? Because Warren has typically stayed away from many tech stocks. Um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of industrials. It's a lot of insurance companies, things that are very simple. And nothing wrong with that. Um, and you can get a P ratio, obviously, because it's still a company that needs to produce earnings or, or report earnings. Now, when it comes to an index, there are services out there, we use a Y charts, for example, that will give you the P ratio. And if you're on the YouTube live stream, you can actually see this. They have a weighted average P ratio, and this is the S&P 500, SPY is the ETF that I pulled up. The weighted average P ratio is 19.71. Based on forecast earnings, it's about 17 times earnings, okay? So it just depends on whether you can get the data and you have to pay for that. There's a nominal fee for uh, for Y charts if you want to do that. But uh, it's something that you can look up. Um, you know, I rather have a little more diversity. Uh, but I also don't love index funds, to be frank. So uh, I I do like Berkshire long term. Nothing wrong with it. Uh, good place to be. Uh, but I hope that answered your question. You can get a P ratio on indexes. Absolutely. It's just about paying for the research that will give you that. Let's go to Tim in the Bay Area. He wants to talk about real estate. Hi, Justin. Thanks for taking my call. I figured this no question problem. is right up your alley. So I live in the Bay Area, and uh, my wife uh, bought a, um, a house in Las Vegas in the depths of the recession. So obviously it did very well. And uh, now, as you know, uh, rent is very expensive, and even buying a house is, is even relatively much more expensive than renting uh, in the Bay Area. And uh, she was, she, we were thinking about uh, selling the house and also selling other assets that she has. Uh, she's mainly thinking about this and uh, uh, buying a home here. Um, and I'm wondering if this is a good idea, uh, given the taxes are in California and uh, the growth in population that is in Nevada, specifically in Las Vegas. I think we should keep things as they are, uh, but what's interesting in your thoughts. 
So you live in the Bay Area. What what part exactly? What city? Uh, and East Bay and uh, around like San Ramon. San Ramon. Okay. So you live uh, around San Ramon, uh, and you have a rental property in Las Vegas that you're thinking about selling in order to, I'm assuming, put money down for a home in San Ramon, correct? Correct, as well as selling other assets. So she has uh, a couple of $100,000 worth of utility uh, stocks. Uh, so those would be sold as well to pay for most of the house, if not all. Got it. Okay. Well, what would you hold on to the San Ramon property for long term, 10 plus years? We would, yeah, we would be living in it. Gotcha. Okay. So I'll just give you kind of my uh, my overviews. What I say is if anyone is purchasing, especially a high-priced home, I'm talking seven, $800,000 or higher in this type of market, you need to have a long time horizon because, and I've said this to clients, is the next recession or the next bear market in, in assets uh, is likely has, has started or is, is fast approaching. And, but it's going to be drawn out three, four years plus, and you need to be able to ride through that. Right, so if you're going to buy now and you're going to sell in three or four years and think the prices are going to be higher, well, that's going to be a very iffy proposition. Ten plus years from now, I'm more confident that in most markets you're going to do you're going to be through the next recession into a solid uptrend into a, a seller's market where you can you know sell for a higher price. Uh, so you you have a good you have a good starting place where you have a ten year time horizon. Now, real estate longer term. It's probably going to be stronger in the Bay Area than it is in, in, in Vegas. So I like the idea of making. Overall, I feel pretty good about our investment decisions. But there are times I wonder if our current 401k plan could be doing better. I mean, which funds are the right funds for me, for us? You're listening to someone who could benefit from KPP Financial's active 401k program. I can't spend all my time following the market, and I'm sure it would certainly be a big help to receive advice based on real data from unbiased advisors. The active 401k program features math-based models to guide you in and out of the various investment options in your plan. KPP monitors and advises. You take action with the active 401k program. KPP clients immediately see current investment recommendations configured to match their personal plan preferences. Active 401k. Okay. Take the next step toward your financial freedom. The great thing about achieving financial freedom, you can keep working if you want to, but you don't have to. And here's more good news. KPP clients who are active 401k subscribers will receive a complimentary subscription to the KPP Premium Newsletter. Each Friday, Steve Peasley writes a market action and trend newsletter that serves as a quick summary of the week that was. It also includes stock ideas, portfolio management information, and consumer finance tips. So enroll in the Active 401k program and also get the KPP Premium Newsletter. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial or visit kppfinancial.com.
Steve and Justin are always grateful when you make Invest Talk a part of your daily routine. And their unbiased guidance can be an invaluable aid to your efforts at building a strong portfolio. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Vitaly in Atlanta. He wants to talk about Yeti, Y-E-T-I, correct? Yes, that's correct. Uh, thanks for taking okay. my call. Are you looking, uh, to, you looking to buy it or what? I have a put. Uh, I have a put option for Yeti that's expiring uh, November fifteenth. The twenty-five dollars strike. Um, wanted to find out your opinion on that uh, because I bought a couple weeks ago, uh, expecting for people to cash out around the six-month mark, as well as May being a bad month historically. Just want to get your opinion on that. Okay, so you. This is a recent IPO. This is Yeti, and what they do is they make um, make products to keep things cold uh, for outdoor activities. Uh, and they've have very strong revenue growth, and they've capitalized uh, on the IPO market, and they IPO'd back in October. And you're saying, okay, uh, six months later, we're now in a lockup period, uh, or, or the walk-up period is expiring now. Have you confirmed that that six months later, the, this is the, that was that was the lockup period? Um, I for, for some reason I just thought that automatically IPOs uh, six months down the road is when you know people get the opportunity to sell mm. their shares. That is often uh, six months, but it's not something that is locked in stone. Uh, That is based on the underwriter of the IPO and what they write into um, the offering. So I would confirm that first off. Uh, Now, technically, it remains in a strong uptrend. It's about the 50-day moving average. Uh, I don't see any exhaustion here from a... Uh, a volume standpoint so you know you are getting what it would call MACD divergence on the daily but the the, the price history is so new uh, that I don't I, I see no major indicator that this is actually going to roll over and hit that $25 price uh, when's the expiration again uh, November 15th so there's still plenty of time but uh, you know I just need just wanted to get your opinion. Yeah, I mean, you have you definitely have time on your side a little bit. Uh, you know, you have six, six, seven months from now. Uh, I would say I would hold it for now because I, I do think we're going to hit a vol a vol event, right? Volatility is likely going to perk up at some point over the next six or seven months, most likely. Uh, and during that next vol event, this is the type of name that would get hit because the valuation is a little high. Uh, nothing crazy, but definitely high. Uh, but that's what I would wait for. You know, kind of, you want to be selling into weakness here as opposed to, you know, trying to capitulate out. And it did have a nice reversal around the end of March. Uh, hasn't gotten above that about $35, $34 and change price target of that all-time high. So I would use actually use that as your, as your out. If it can close above that high from March, then I think this is going to just continue on through uh, maybe for the rest of the year. But I would wait on it. I would keep that put because I do think that there will be a vol event over the next few months that will likely put your uh, position in a much better uh, better valuation. 
Thanks for the call, Vitaly. Let's go to Adam right. in El Dorado Hills, looking at P H U N. Haven't heard of that one. Funware. <clears throat> yeah. Hi. How are you? Thank you for taking my call. No problem. What is Funware? So it's a, a mobile. Uh, they have a bunch of mobile uh, patents. I think for tracking mobile devices. I think they have 16 of them right now, and uh, they just went I, uh, public. Uh, in January, and the price skyrocketed up, and I was watching it come down, and I waited until last week, early last week, and I bought it at uh, 535 a share, and I bought a thousand shares, and I'm looking just to trade it. So, I was thinking of uh, selling my position at around 25 dollars a share, but I just wanted to get your opinion if you think that's a good idea for a trade. Okay. Um. I mean, technically, this looks terrible uh is this traded on the pink sheets no it's uh i believe it's nasdaq phu and this is weird. okay it's trading at seven dollars yeah i'm i'm getting this was a high of two three hundred dollars back in february of this year is that correct yeah it's, it spiked uh, to 550 uh back in january and then it hit a uh little candle of about 3.30 in February, and it's been going down since there. It looks like it, it bottomed well, out. Like I mean, this is this thing's, so this is crazy. I mean, no, the stock to, no, no normal stock goes from z basically zero uh, to yeah, $10 a share, then the $550 of, I'm talking about not $5, $550, and then oh, in a the matter of a week or two, and then goes back down to seven dollars what i don't get this what, mm -hmm. explain explain this to me i don't know that's why i was calling to get your opinion on it <laughs> uh, i, I can't just, give I know you an explanation to sell it company, get out. so i just know it's exactly if you don't you don't know enough you don't know enough sell it i mean uh, this is enough this isn't a name that makes any sense not, none of this makes any sense so technically it looks terrible there's very little volume it sounds like a pump and dump type of scheme. To be honest with you, these are the type of things that uh, are, are. This is exactly what a pump and dump looks like. If you're on our YouTube live stream, you'll see the chart here. This is exactly what a pump and dump looks like. There's probably some sort of story in relation to, um, <clears throat> in relation to who God knows what. Um, this is a name that really has no information when it comes to the financials. I, I get nothing. I just see a market cap of $259 billion based on what? Nothing? Nothing. I get no no information. Sell it. Move on. This makes no sense. Get out. Thanks for Even calling out. Even with the out, volume buddy. that uh, came in nope. uh, this Sell it. Week. Sell it. You don't understand it. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. We don't know what he does. You don't know anything about it. We don't know anything about the company. All you're looking is crazy, weird price movements. That means that mean nothing. It's the it's the perfect example of a pump and dump scheme. That's exactly what this is. It's a pump and dump. It was pumped. It was dumped, and is they're they're dumping now at the lows to you. The people that got pumped up, uh, 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 you know, that bought it originally, thought they made a bunch of money, and then it suddenly collapsed on them. They're dumping to you. So sell it. Just get out. There's nothing. There's no business here. I see no business. I see no information. I don't know what this is. This is a pump and dump scheme. Thanks for the call. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. You've heard myself or Steve say it many times, and there are really only two emotions that drive the market, fear and greed. And I understand that many investors experience both. You know, fear when they're unsure of just how much 
risk they're taking. And there are, of course, many factors to consider, including how close they might be to retirement. So my advice always for clients is to, or listeners, is to take our free risk questionnaire at investtalk.com. Steve and I can use those results then to see how much risk you're taking in your portfolio and figure out what the best strategy change is best for you based on your particular needs because everyone is in a different situation. Now our show is well underway. We're taking your questions live. Give us a call at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. If, to any degree, you are unsure about the consistency of your skill set with regard to managing your portfolio, now may be a smart time for you to ask KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein for individualized guidance. You can start with a no-obligation phone call to the KPP Financial Office in Irvine, California, or send Steve and Justin a message through investtalk.com. And be sure to save the date. On Wednesday, May 1st, Steve Peasley will be returning to San Jose, California to sit down with listeners who understand the value of a no-cost portfolio review. So tell your friends and register to meet with Steve on May 1st. The Invest Talk Radio and Podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. That's how you get through and ask your question on today's show. We have, ooh, what, 10, 12 minutes left, so give us a call. Now, healthcare stocks had another bad day after a bad week and really a bad year. The healthcare ETF XLV is now down 1% for the year, while the S&P is up about 16%. And the reason for the decline, and I've been talking about this for a while, I remember specifically a caller that was asking about United Healthcare months and months ago. I think she was talking about it with her investor club, and I basically said is as long as the status quo stays intact, it's going to do fine. But I don't believe that the status quo will stay intact. Why? Because of healthcare costs and just the trend of populism throughout the world. And this isn't me trying to give you my political beliefs on what the healthcare industry should be legislated like, right? What, and you shouldn't either. You shouldn't care, based on your investments, what you think is right politically. And that's one of the biggest mistakes most people make, is that they let their politics infiltrate their investments. This typically happens when, when their candidate isn't in the White House. So, anyway... Healthcare stocks. There are there is increasing political push for something like a Medicare a Medicare for all. And this is something I've been saying for a while is that the political winds are pushing everything this way. Whether you like it or not. Kinda reminds me of the Trump uh, election. I was saying this before the election that I actually didn't, I didn't, I'm saying I thought he was going to win, but I thought there was a much better chance than most people had given him. 
simply because of populism around the world. Brexit and what you're seeing all over the, the West. And I think this goes along with that trend, populism, right? Where people want power taken away from politicians, the wealthy, and given back to the individual. Or maybe the less well-off. And the healthcare industry in America must change. You can argue whether that's right or wrong. But the political winds are going against the healthcare industry for the first time in decades, I would say. So that is why, that is why you are seeing these healthcare stocks sell off is because for decades and decades, they have been able to manipulate Congress into Medicare prescription drug plan and Obamacare and all of these pieces of legislation where they can hide little morsels that allow them to make more and more money. Suddenly that's changing. And it's taking the power away from the healthcare providers and the pharmaceutical companies. And there's now pushback. And they've kind of laid their bed slowly over time in Congress, in the bills that have been passed. And this is why I said back when that caller was asking about United Healthcare. I said, if things continue the way they are with Obamacare and higher and higher, it's just the start. And a lot of people are going to say, well, it's overblown. The fear is overblown. And I'm going to say, hey, I don't think they are. I think this is only the start of continuation of a change in the medical industry. Let's go to looking at Goldman Sachs. You there, Will? Oh, yes, I'm, I'm here, Justin. Thanks a lot for taking my call. I was watching CNBC today, and I know you guys say be careful about what you see on the TV. But anyway, they were raving about the, uh, the numbers that came out on Goldman Sachs. So I was wondering if now is a good time to get in. Does it have any room to run? Yeah, I think this is a great time to get in on the short side, actually. But not on the long side? Not on the long side, no. Technically, it runs. It's at some major resistance around the two-week moving average, and uh, it's it's dropping a diverging MACD, and I just don't like the this late in the cycle. I don't like really banks and especially investment banks, which are the riskiest type of banks out there. So uh, I am not a fan of Goldman Sachs at all at these prices. So be careful what you hear on CNBC. And our work continues after this break. So we're going into our last segment here. So if you're going to call, you need to do it now. So get your question in at 888-99-CHART. In today's market, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance because it can help you achieve financial freedom. Well, you've come to the right place. Invest Talk. And Justin Klein is here now taking your calls live. So step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Sam in San Francisco. He's looking at Qualcomm. Hi, Justin. Hope you feel better soon. I'm uh, Thank you. Appreciate trying it. to see whether Qualcomm is a 
Yeah, was whether Qualcomm is a good place to park your uh, long-term money and let it grow for a while. Well, uh, you know, four days ago it would have been a lot better, right? When it was trading in the, uh, the mid fifties. Now <laughs> we're at about eight dollars yeah. a share. Yeah, uh, you know, it's hard to predict the how that settlement with Apple would have gone, and uh, it could have gone to litigation and been drawn out much further. But obviously, Qualcomm's technology, and not only in the past but in the future, is with five G is likely going to be very, very important for Apple and a lot of phone makers. So. Um, you know, I, I do like Qualcomm. I think it's certainly overbought here. Typically, these things kind of cool down a little bit, probably retrace. You know, you'd likely be able to get it back into the low 70s uh, and pick it up. But, you know, long term, I think Qualcomm uh, is certainly a, a good name. And I think actually eventually they'll get bought out by, uh, you know, a larger uh, a company. So um, I like Qualcomm. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Mike in San Jose looking at TLT. Are you trying to just buy the treasuries? Yeah, I just took a small position today just for like a trade. I was wondering which opinion might be. TLT. Well, you know, uh, interest rates have fallen pretty sharply since uh, the since October. After the really just kind of front-running the Fed pivot. And... We've come back a little bit on TLT from about uh, 127 on 122. It certainly adds a, a lot of nice support here. Big volume today, which I thought was interesting on an up day, but it didn't finish strong either. Um, you know, I'm I'm a little conflicted on on TLT. Technically, it's in an uptrend, which is good. Um, and there's but there's two things that two factors that go into. I think the next direction of TLT. One is inflation, right? If infl inflation, this last inflation report, inflation picked up a little bit, and I expect that to continue, and typically that's bad for bonds because that pushes bond yields higher when inflation starts to tick up. That's kind of the negative for TLT. The positive for TLT is that you're likely going to see continued deceleration in economic growth, not only here, but abroad as well, which should put or continue to put the, pa, the the Fed on pause for a while and eventually likely a cut. Um, so is your goal just to trade it back up to kind of the high 120s or are you looking for the yield here? Yeah, no, I just picked it up. Uh, I bought some options expiring May 17th. Uh, just okay, what's your strike on that? Uh, 125, I think. Okay. Well, if the market sells off, which certainly is a possibility, you had a nice big couple sell-off days last few besides today, um, you know, and we're at resistance, I think it could pay off fairly well. So I, I think there could be one more surge uh, in TLT. So I don't think that's necessarily a, a, a bad idea, especially going into uh, the, the spring season. So I kind of like it, at least in the near term. But, you know, it's a, it's a high-risk move. Thanks for the call, Mike. 888-99 chart, 888-992-4278. Are we? I think, oh, I think we're near the end. The major U.S. exchanges are closed tomorrow for Good Friday, and here's a bit of a history. The New York Stock Exchange has closed on the Friday before Easter every year since 1889, with exception in 1906 and 1907. Now, the tradition 
of market closure on Good Friday is notable, and that is the only day of the year when markets will be closed on a day that is not not a federal holiday. So this is more of a a tradition, right? So that's pretty interesting. So remember that. Always Good Friday, the market is closed based on tradition. I'm Justin Klein, and this completes another Invest Talk program. I thank you for your, lo- your loyal support and questions. And remember, market's closed tomorrow, and I'll be back on Monday to talk with you, answer your questions. Join me then. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.